It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, best-selling author, Daniel Wilcox. Hello and welcome to the Great Writers Share podcast, a podcast that picks apart the grey matter between the ears of today's most generous writers and gives you an insight into everything that makes them tick, roar and bounce. My name's Sasha Black and in case you haven't already realised, this isn't your typical episode. Today, I'm turning the tables on your charming host to coincide with the launch of his brand new book, Collaboration for Authors, which launches today. And it's available in ebook, paperback, and hardback across most major book retailers. And I have personally read this book and I adored it. So if you want to collaborate in any kind of format, I highly recommend you go and grab yourself a copy. So without further ado, let's introduce your usual host of The Great Writer's Share and the author of Collaboration for Authors, Daniel Wilcox. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Sasha. How's it going? I am good, thank you. And thank you so much for having me host your takeover. I'm delighted to uh, hold the reins and possibly do some devious things. I mean, you've got some big <laughs> boots to fill, so so best of luck to you. <laughs> well, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but no, I, I, I couldn't think of anyone better to, to come in and, and do a switchover. So thank you for, for giving me some of your time. Stop, thank you. <laughs> okay, right, I'm going to be super strict and let's get on with asking you all of these juicy questions. So number one, where did your collaborative journey begin? Okay, so my collaborative journey began in, I'd say technically the beginning of 2016, end of 2015. Um, I'd just come off of releasing my first ever novella, which uh, did pretty well in the horror charts. And then to keep a very long story, um, I've actually said on a few different podcasts, quite short, uh, that I ended up reaching out to a fellow author who lived not too far from myself, who I heard about from a friend from a friend, uh, Mr. Matt Butcher, um, and reached out, said that I liked his book, The Jump, which is still available um, for anyone that wants to check it out. It's a fantastic little sci-fi novella. And uh, he told me that he was part of a fledgling story studio called Hawk and Cleaver, and basically would I like to get involved. And at the time, there were three other authors, which were Matt uh, Luke Condor and Ben Errington. Um, I looked into it a bit and I thought, you know what? I had visions of going down this lonely writer's road of sitting on the, the back porch with my, with my scotch and my cigar and <laughs> quill and ink and all that good stuff. But I figured actually it would be nice to be surrounded by people who are also trying to achieve the thing that I was trying to achieve. And, you know, I was working in a job in marketing that wasn't strictly in any way related to the creative writing. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll see what these guys are all about. So we jumped on a, a Skype call. We had our first Hawk and Cleaver call. I think it was actually around December of 2015 and said, yeah, let's, let's jump in and give this a go. Um, I noticed there that my first collaboration wasn't a co-writing project because I think a lot of people can confuse collaborating with co-writing. And while co-writing is a type of collaborating, uh, there, are, there are so many different types of collaborating. And I think um, the book goes into a lot about how, how I highlight them. And I'm pretty sure that we'll cover some of that in this episode. But yeah, that was my, it does. my first... 
Yeah, I was just going to say, it really does go into them. And that's one of the things that I left from reading the book was all of these ideas about the different kinds of mm. collaboration and the different kinds of co-writing. So that is another reason why you should probably go read the book because it's <laughs> full of ideas. Yeah, no, I think it's easy just to go straight off of, oh, you're collaborating with someone, oh, you're writing you're writing a book with that person. But mm. there, are, there are so many different types of collaboration. I mean, I go into um, the typical co-writing, sharing universes, there are things like even ghostwriting is a form of collaboration because, you know, it's, it's two people working on a singular project. You just have different tasks when you do it. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's dozens of different ways to, to collaborate and every single one of them is different. So I've, I've not experienced anything like the, the teamwork and the partnership I've had with Hawk and Cleaver with anyone else at this point. So, OK, so you, you've done a lot of collaborating, mm-hmm. but what made you jump or what made you want to uh, go into writing a book about collaborations after having done so many? So I think it's a really underserved, um, it's quite a niche area, but I think it's an underserved market in terms of, it might be the fact that I'm in a bit of a bubble where a lot of what I do is collaborations and um, and I have collaborated with quite a few different people on short stories, novellas, novels, and even a couple of uh, TV pilots, which didn't really go anywhere. Um, but I think I've had, I've had this sort of knowledge kicking around in my head for a while. And I think because there are so many misconceptions with what people believe collaborating is, and because it's something that I've spoken about on several occasions on different podcasts and, you know, I speak to my friends about the different ways that they could collaborate. And I'm always looking out for different opportunities in which I can work with people. I can learn from them. We can sort of share craft, share business insidership. Um, and it just got to a point where I was like, I have this knowledge. Um, I, I was formally, I formally did a lot of copywriting in my old job. So I know how to structure sort of nonfiction and speak to particular audiences. And I've been, you know, dabbling with the idea of going into a bit of non-fiction anyway and starting to look at, I've, you know, I've been writing for about five years now. So I, I like the idea of giving back and collaboration is definitely something that I think that I've, I've done particularly well and I've seen a lot of people do it wrong. Um, mostly because of, not because I'm judging other people's collaboration, but mostly the fallout <laughs> that I've seen can happen from collaborations. And yeah, I've been very, very fortunate in that most, I, I'm even tempted to say touch wood, all the collaborations I've been a part of, have worked successfully in one way or another. So I figured... And of course, you've got a wonderful collaboration now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you see it even then, like even podcasting can be collaborations. Me and you host the Next Level Author podcast, and that's a collaboration between ourselves. That's two people doing a job. Um, you know, I started off in 2016, again, uh, collaborating on the Story Studio with Luke Condor. And that was my first foray into podcasting with someone who had podcasted before and so I picked up a load of information and that became the seed of what is now this podcast great writer share so yeah I think I just had a lot of a lot of knowledge that I wanted to give to people and a lot of insight from different people and one one additional part on that is that I was fortunate enough to start working with a lot of quite big hitting collaborators or at least being around in that environment so I I absorbed a lot of uh, information there that I think is worth sharing to people and, and putting out there. Mm, absolutely and so thinking about all of these collaborations that you've done and all of the experiences that you've had how do you think they've actually impacted and affected your writing and your writing journey I think I'm wiser and I think I've skipped a lot of mistakes that I could have made along the way um collaborations can be really really critical in advancing your knowledge and helping you learn from from other people because every collaboration you're both going to bring an individual experience into one unified experience and I think there's a lot there to take away from other people so jumping back to my example with Luke Condor when we were looking at podcasts um 
you know, he'd, he'd recently also come off of winning a, a bunch of awards for, for a film that he made, a short film called Keith, which did fantastic going across Europe and won a few different um, awards from um, independent film film festivals. And, you know, we, we were both very similarly minded. We, we threw around the idea of doing a collaboration, of putting a novel together. And it's just really interesting. When you're working in those close quarters with someone, you really do pick up their habits and you see the things that they do well and you see the things that you don't do well and vice versa. And it's a great opportunity to speak to each other. It's a great opportunity to open up that dialogue and go, okay, how can I improve what I'm doing and let go of bad habits so that I'm constantly improving? And also what are the things I am doing well and how can I double down on that? So I think it's it's good for advancing your knowledge. I think it can be useful for uh, accelerating your career. I do say in the book that there's a bit of a myth that that is what people initially believe is the reason to collaborate is to basically take a massive stepping stone and skyrocket off of someone else's success. And I think that's something that you can't rely on, but it's something that could happen. But every single collaboration that I've made has been a tiny stepping stone in getting further than where I was originally. Um, And I have been fortunate enough to work with uh, some fantastic names in the independent orphan community. But none of that happened without me ensuring that I was diligently putting in the hard work to make it happen and seizing the opportunities when they came. Mm. Okay, and I guess that's a lovely segue into the next question. So what, what are some key mistakes that authors might make when entering collaborations? So a collaboration is a relationship. And as we all know, relationships can get messy if we rush into them and if we <laughs> choose the wrong people. And I think there's a, there's a push for people who want to collaborate, but they're not exactly sure why they want to collaborate. So they might see an author who, the author's having great success, they're bringing other, other people in, and they straight away go, okay, that's my ticket to ride. And this goes back a little bit to what I was saying a second ago. But the, the problem is, what you, need to, what you need to ensure you're doing is making sure that while you're entering a, a a relationship, a collaboration, is you have to ensure that you know what it is you're bringing to the collaboration and you need to know what you're getting back. And you also need to know that you're compatible. I think not enough people spend enough time getting to know the person or at least understanding what they want or how they work. A lot of the collaborations that I've heard that have been unsuccessful are ones where their working styles didn't match up. They thought they were on the same page and then they just realized, you know, weeks down the line they weren't. Um, One person would prioritize the project well ahead of the other person who would see it as like a fun side project so a lot of the mistakes are made very very early on and as I go the actually when I started writing the book I was going to do a small section on you know working into the collaboration but as I started writing it the more I realized no no you need to a lot of the weight of the collaboration being successful is one before you've even spoken to the person but two in those initial early days early meetings early hours of okay what are we doing how are we going to make it work and how are we going to promise each other that this is going to happen um, because people will rush in and like I say, they'll, they'll start that project. And then a week, two weeks down the line, they'll suddenly go, Oh shit, my partner's not doing the things that he said they're going to, or maybe they're distracted or, you know, a, a thousand different excuses. But I think taking that critical moment in the early stages can really benefit you. And that's, that's one of the big mistakes. Um, I think another one is just general communication and not being honest with what you want, because I know I've been there in which I've, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough this is my full-time career now. And I've been in a position in which I was working the nine to five. I'm, I was, uh, well, I still remain a father. <laughs> Luckily, he's, he's doing okay. And uh, I, I was in that position. I haven't position starred where, him yet. 
Well, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been in that position where I so desperately wanted to, I'd give everything to make this happen. And mm. when you're in that position, you don't, your vision gets clouded a little bit and you will take those steps that maybe you shouldn't, or you'll, you'll not pick up on the signals that are telling you it's a bad idea. And mm. yeah, it's just in those moments, you really have to take your time, consider what it is that you want out of it. Is this going to benefit you? Um, I mean, I've spoken to it about you on a couple of occasions on Next Level Authors and on a few different things recently that um, I did a lot of genre hopping. And while that, while that isn't necessarily a bad thing, the genre hopping was a result of moving with certain collaborations and jumping around. And I learned a lot from those experiences, but it hasn't helped me in any way further my progress in horror, which is what I'm focusing a lot more on now. So that was a case of I learned a lot and I was intentional about learning a lot. But in hindsight, it would have been nicer to, you know, stay a bit more on the single pack track, single track path and, and go forward. Okay. So thinking about your book as a whole, then what uh, if re- readers could take away just one thing from your book, what would you want it to be? I think the, the biggest part to take away will be I'm going to I'm going to rebel here and do two. <laughs> Number one, knowing your value. So no matter what stage you're at in your career, no matter what you're trying to do, you need to understand what it is that you're bringing to a relationship and what you're worth. Because if you're, you know, if you've not written a short story yet and you're thinking of collaborating with someone and you're bending over backwards to do whatever it is they say, you're putting yourself at an immediate disadvantage. And the fact that you're pushing to do writing, the fact that you're willing to collaborate, they're admirable qualities that people should appreciate and the right collaborator will be able to utilize cultivate and help you actually get to the point where you've built that short story you've got something you can release and you know you work together it's it's a collaboration um the other one the other key one which i've kind of uh, mentioned already is just do it all at the beginning you have a window in which you're speaking to a person about collaborating in those moments just get everything off your chest just be open just be honest just lay all your cards on the table because anything that you hold back or anything that you think won't come out will come out it is it is like a romantic relationship if you're hiding secrets from your partner they're going to find out unless you're a psychopath but if you take at least a little bit of time in that initial meeting just to go okay here's what i'm willing to do here's what i'm not willing to do here's the amount of money i can put in here's uh you know how many words i can write a day that sort of stuff just to really lay it down on the paper what it is that you can and can't do the rest of the journey is 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 I'd say plain sailing, but obviously things crop up, but it's a lot easier than if you're just hiding stuff. And then, like I say, you find out three weeks later that everything's mismatched. You wish you'd said something and you didn't, and now it's all cocked up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so let's go into the nuts and bolts. How do you, how do you actually find a collaborator? Everywhere. <laughs> so I think it's just a case of keeping your eyes open. You can you can find collaborators in all, all over the place. You've got... Friends and family, you know, if any of them have ever shown that they want to get into writing, you know, seriously, and they're on a level where you can help them or they can help you. You've got a thousand online writing communities and forums in which you can basically just reach out, start, you know, scoping out the different people that are on there. Maybe anyone's interested in collaboration. Personally, what I've heard and what I've seen from a lot of people are the best collaborations are the ones that you don't see coming. Because, I mean, take us, for example, with the Next Level Authors. We never planned to do a, a podcast we, that was never the intention. We started chatting on Facebook. We were joined up by a person who was like, you guys need to speak to each other. 
And then I don't know how many months later, it wasn't that many months later, we, we put the question forward and it happened and it's organic. And a lot of that sprang from the fact that, you know, we got to know each other beforehand. We both have podcasts. We know the style of the podcast we run. We know what it is we want to achieve. We're both trying to reach the next level, hence the podcast. Um, with me and Luke, it was a case of we were both writing similar things. We had very, very similar writing habits. We were, we were pretty much accountability partners before we started collaborating. So once we discussed a couple of ideas of putting a novel together, the, the rest was kind of history. Um, a, few, a few collaborations I reached out and took opportunities that presented themselves. I wrote a, a book in the American Demon Hunter series with Jay Thorne. And that was literally me taking a chance um, in Jay coming on the podcast and me afterwards going, look, if you want another collaborator, I'm not saying that you have to, but I'm, I'm available. If the opportunity's there, you know, very <laughs> humble, just like no pressure. It's, you know, and, uh, and that happened. And, and that was a fantastic thing. I got to work more closely with Jay, who's a fantastic writer. If anyone's not checked him out, check out his stuff. Um, so there are, there are a whole manner of ways that you can find collaborations. It's just about keeping your eyes out and, and keeping your ears to the ground. And, and just looking for those signs, some people don't want to collaborate and that's fine. Mm. Collaborating is a big ask because you're, you know, if you, you have to put yourself in someone else's shoes and think if I was head down in writing this three book series and I'm 10,000 words into book one, do I have time for someone to come to me and say, oh, help me write this other book or help me write this other series? Mm. What you're asking is a dedication in time, which is, you know, a finite resource. It can be money. It's attention. Um, there, there are so many things you can drag away from and you just really need to be considerate when you do approach people and be prepared to people to say no, it happens. If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. It does, definitely. And that's a blessing in disguise as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so what do you do when a collaboration does go pear-shaped? Cry, drink a beer, move on. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, it's individual to each person. What do you do when, when a relationship ends? Ultimately, you trust yourself. Yeah. Don't ask me that. <laughs> Ultimately, most people, I'd assume, would, you know, have your, have your little sulk, dust yourself off, and then carry on, um, and then just live with the scars. But uh, no, the, I, I joke about it, but that is kind of, that is, that is it. If a collaboration has gone wrong, it's not, in my opinion, uh, a reason to not keep collaborating. Again, it comes back to similarly to dating. If you've had a bad experience in a relationship, that doesn't mean you rule off every single person from possibly entering your life again. Collaborations are intense. They can be fun. They can be hard. Um, but if a collaboration does go wrong, as you mentioned a little bit ago, it's, it's a blessing in disguise. You're getting time back from someone who clearly isn't in the position that, that you were if they've ended it. If you've ended it, again, you might have just realized that perhaps collaborations aren't for you. And it's not a negative thing that it failed. It's a positive thing that you've taken the time to learn what does and doesn't work for you. And I have, I have had it quite recently, actually, only a few months ago in which I was collaborating with an author um, and looking at going into a completely different genre because I was hunting the commercial viability instead of sticking with my gut, which in the end 
was the rift that, that caused that to drift apart. And we're still on fantastic terms. We're still really good friends. What, what did happen was I sent a big, a massive apology and said, look, I'm really sorry, but I thought this was the direction I wanted to head in. It just isn't, I'm not connecting with the story. I need to go back to the stuff that I'm passionate about. And I, you know, as you always do, you expect a little bit of backlash or some sort of negativity. And she was absolutely fantastic. And she flat out just went, you know what, pretty much what I just said then, what you've now learned is that this isn't for you. And that's useful to have because you could spend your whole life thinking, why didn't I try that? And then, you know, regret it and keep chasing that. But if you've learned that it doesn't work for you, then that's just a definitive dead end that you can push away, move on and, and go on to the next thing. So yeah, just pick yourself up, brush yourself off and and carry on. Suck it up, princess. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so are there any places that uh, people can go to learn about collaboration? Uh, there's a fantastic book called Collaboration for Authors by Daniel Wilcox. Um, but yeah, there are, there are a few different resources. So there are people out there, I'm sure you can search and find different uh, courses and books and things. Uh, Craig Martell's got a fantastic book, which my my book goes a lot into the mindset and the sort of mentality of collaborations, as well as some of the nuts and bolts. Craig's goes fantastically into a lot more of the legal side of it and looks a bit more at the sort of admin stuff that I can't cover. I'm I'm not a lawyer. He is. Um, you've got people like Jay Thorne and Joanna Penn have a collaboration course and they've also got a book on co-writing. Um, so there are, there are loads of resources out there. What I, what I tried to do with collaboration for authors was to capture my spin on it, to really try and make it a comprehensive guide. I've got case studies in there from other people collaborating in the industry, um, including Michael Anderley, who's obviously well known for his collaborating, Craig Martell, Nick Cole, Jay Thorne, Zach Bohannon, Luke Condor, Catherine Hudson, a whole wealth of different people. So there's a, there's, there's a load of different angles of how different people manage the collaborations. But what I've also tried to do is rather than sex up collaboration and try and sell it to everyone, I have found those opinions and those nuggets of my own experience in which collaboration can be difficult. And it's not a book to say you have to collaborate. It's a book to say, here's what collaborations are, give it a go. And this book will give you your best chance at succeeding if it's not for you, then fine. That's you've, you've tried and you can move on. Mm. I loved those case studies as well. I thought they really mm. gave it um, something that a little bit extra because you don't always see that in um, yeah. nonfiction, especially not in craft books. So yeah, I loved yeah. those. They were a, a last minute addition because the, the people <laughs> I interviewed were so fantastically robust in their answers. I was like, I can't not include this. Absolutely. Okay, right. We have some questions from your patrons who um, are all wonderful. And if you would like to support the Great Writer Share podcast, then you can by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Great Writers Share. Okay, the first question is from Yanni Jade. And Yanni says, What are five things or some things to look for in a collaboration partner? Okay, so you want to look for someone who is honest. And that's a very, very difficult thing to, to learn because you might find that people are pretending to be honest to trap you in a collaboration, um, which doesn't happen that often, but it can happen. So honesty is a big one. You want to look for people who have potentially similar experience yourself or on a similar level. That always makes quite a good collaboration. Sometimes you can weight collaborations differently, but if it's your first one, I recommend finding someone who's on a similar level to you, someone who potentially hasn't collaborated before. Um, and that way you can bounce off of each other and learn as you go. Um, I think you want to look for people who are reliable and who have a good track record. So 
not necessarily a track record with collaborating, but a track record on delivering. So an author who may have, you know, 10 short stories that they've had pushed out, released somewhere in the last year, or people who are regularly putting out works of novels, novellas, all that kind of stuff. Just so you know that you're you're in with people who are producing as opposed to wannabes who are trying to latch onto you as a way to make their own, make their own career successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And okay, so I think you've covered this a little bit, but what are the positives of having a collaboration partner? You're never lonely. It's fantastic. <laughs> like I said at the beginning, I, I started off my journey thinking of, you know, the typical writer's dream that everyone has, the sitting on the porch in the sunshine in the America that I don't live in. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that shattered really quickly. The minute I got involved with Hawk and Cleaver, I wouldn't say that, you know, I got obsessed with collaborations, but I do find that a lot of my journey, I'm just, I'm just reaching out to people and finding people to ride, ride the journey with. Um, by being in a collaboration, you've got someone that you can re- lean on. You've got someone you can ask questions of. Uh, one thing that I know that me and you have done a lot over the past however many weeks obsessively is pretty much message each other every day about different parts of our projects, what we're working on. We ask questions because we know that each other's different and we've got different bases of knowledge that we can, we can absorb. So the big part for me is just companionship and having people to understand because, you know, I, I came out of a relationship a couple of years ago, but in that relationship, the, there was always that, that gap of my ex not understanding exactly the nuts and bolts of, of my job, which is fine because, you know, in a relationship, you don't need to know the ins and outs of everyone's jobs. But there was always that thing of like, you try and speak to someone about, oh, my AMS ads aren't working or oh, I've been trying to get this chapter right, but the protagonist just isn't behaving and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's so different talking to another writer about that um, mm-hmm. than it is to a friend or, you know, your partner. Um, and I think that's just something special to 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 have. That's so true. And I absolutely love that because um, my my wife is super supportive, but not very interested in mm-hmm. the nuts and bolts of of my writing business. And that's completely OK, because I kind of feel, feel the same about her, <laughs> her job, you know. So I think that's, you know, it's mutual. It's mutual agreement. And, and that's probably the case in most relationships, especially I think writers are typically quite obsessive. And so we go very deep into our business and yeah, there is, there is, and and, you know, obviously there are some couple partners who are collaborating in business or whatever together. And that's also awesome. But yeah, I I do think for the majority of writers that I know it is, there is a missing gap there and that's so true. And I I was smiling whilst you were saying that because I was like, oh yeah, that really does fill a gap. (laughs) (laughs) It just helps. I mean, I even say in the book, accountability partners is a type of collaboration and all that is, Mm -hmm. is having a friend who is a writer friend literally just holding you to account and saying are you doing the things you said you're doing and just and just chatting to you on a regular basis and yeah stuff like that I think for me I need uh to write I I don't I don't think I could do this if it was just me sat in a room by myself no I couldn't either Mm. which is a surprise to me okay right next question from uh another patron Jen Mitchell how can you tell when a collaboration isn't a good fit so the warning signs are things like, you know, they're dodging, they're dodging communications, they're getting slow to respond. Um, the, they're producing work that isn't the same caliber of what they normally produce. Um, I mean, there are a thousand examples in the book, but another one is, which I haven't seen happen too often, but I can, I can see it happening and it's, it's not going to be fun, but someone basically getting introduced into a conversation later on down the line. So 
you know, if you're about to enter an agreement with someone and then suddenly they go, oh, let me just run this by Sarah. And you're like, well, who the, who the fuck is Sarah? Like, I, I don't know who that person is. That's a bad sign. Um, I do I do go into quite extensively the idea of having an agreement or what I call in the book a disagreement because agreements and contracts are basically used for when you disagree on something. And one major sign of a collaboration potentially not going well down the line is a definitive reluctance to someone wanting to sign an agreement with you. Um, and that's not to say that every collaboration needs an agreement because, you know, I've been in some without some sort of written contract. But particularly in the last couple of years, I've, I've changed my mind hugely on that, even if it's just something friendly. I mean, we've got one for the, the Next Level Author podcast, and it's just a very, very simple, civil, you know, we both own the rights to this podcast, um, and we need to have a talk if anything changes. And I think a lot of people get scared away of signing on the dotted line and putting concrete measures into everything they're going to do. But like I say, that's, that's a step that will massively help your chance of succeeding down the line. Um, and if people refuse to sign a, an agreement of any type, I'd be immediately cautious of, of what I was getting into. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay. I'm getting excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is, I can't believe this is the end already, but we have come to the final segment of the show, which is the quick fire round. And I'm going to throw possibly 10 questions at you (laughs) (laughs) as quickly as I can. And it's your job to answer as quickly as humanly possible. Passing is not allowed. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Um, Although it is all in good fun, probably. Okay, Okay. are you ready? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm literally like gleeful over this. Okay, (laughs) number one, what are you afraid of? Floppy ice (laughs) drives. Number two, what is your most disgusting habit? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm I'm too smiley. <laughs> Fantastic. That's so lame. Okay, number three. What book changed your life? Uh, Fuck it by Robert C. Parkin. I love it. What is the closest thing to real magic? Fake magic. <laughs> okay. Who is your favorite collaborator ever? for you Sasha yes good answer what do you judge people for Uh, at the minute not social distancing particularly in supermarkets or blocking the aisles in freaking shopping places okay also in supermarkets (laughs) (laughs) what's scarier first contact with aliens that are AI robots or higher intelligence organic species higher intelligence organic species who is your celebrity crush? Oh my God, my mind just threw like 10 things at me at once. <laughs> I want the wall. My celebrity crush. Uh... Jeez. I'm going to go for Margot Robbie. Oh, good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long would you last in the Hunger Games? <laughs> Make the end. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, number 10. Why did you kill the dog, Dan? Because it needed to happen to further the plot. <laughs> okay. And because I am evil and I don't follow the rules, name an occasion when you rebelled. So, uh, okay. 
one example of rebellion will be I was in school. It was year seven, which for US listeners is the first year of big boy school. And uh, there was a picnic bench outside, which we went out on. Me and a few friends were out and we were eating our lunch at break time. And some year nine kids came over and basically went, move, this is our bench, this is where we eat. And there were like five other empty picnic benches around at the time. And my friends all scooted away and I just sat my ass down and I just went, down. And they <laughs> came up and they went right into my face and I was like, and they were like, you need to move. And I went, no, this isn't your picnic bench, pick another table. So I literally sat there while they smushed banana in my hair and poured Coke down my back and sang, I shall not, I shall not be moved until a teacher came out and found the whole ordeal, told them to bugger off and gave me a merit point. Yeah, they did. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, what respect! I absolutely love that story. And stank of coke and banana for the rest of the school yeah. day. <laughs> Yay, pride! Yeah. yeah, yeah, but too right. Yeah, mm-hmm. screw them. I love that. I love that story. Um, okay, one final question: Where can listeners find out everything about yourself and your new book and everything that you are working on? Okay, so everything that I do is at www.danielwilcox.com. The book is available on all major retailers, uh, but there is a universal link on my website as well as a free collaborative agreement template that you can download and use if you want to start your own collaboration with someone. Okay, well, thank you so much for letting me host your show. I have had a blast, especially that last round. <laughs> thank um, you for coming on. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been an honour having you on the other side of the seat. It's weird being on this oh. side. I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so thank you, everyone, for joining us on the podcast. And thank you for Daniel Wilcox for allowing me to guest host what is quite clearly the best episode of Great Writers Share to date, <laughs> except episode 15 with Sasha Black which was also amazing and as as always thanks to you the listener for tuning in Dan will see you next week when he is joined by Bram Stoker nominated horror author Gemma Amor thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Great Writer Share podcast collaboration for authors is now live in ebook paperback and hardback formats To get your hands on a copy, you can visit all good book retailers or head over to www.danielwilcox.com forward slash writers to find your store and grab yourselves a copy. Don't forget you can get early access to every episode of the Great Writers Share podcast and the chance to ask upcoming guests any of your questions just by becoming a patron of the show. All you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share and support the show for as little as $1 a month. One more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share. Until next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey y'all, this is Kenya, creative director and co-founder of Domino Sound. And this is Alexandra De Palma, executive producer and co-founder of Domino Sound. And we're a queer, disabled, Black woman-owned podcast production company and network, creating authentic, inclusive, provocative content. We just launched Domino Presents, which is a new series of special audio projects. The premiere episode features the founders of Poppy Juice, the queer art collective throwing the hottest parties in New York City and around the world. We also recommend The Cheat Code, our hit 10-episode audio soap opera surrounding a love affair. Think Love & Hip Hop meets The Affair meets The Sopranos. 
follow us on IG at dominosoundco to keep up. And listen to our shows on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Domino Sound. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.